Hello, everybody. It's Marcy from wavesofcommunication.com. The information I provide is designed to equip and empower parents and caregivers to take at least one conscious, focused, positive action today toward helping your child shift from nonverbal communication into unprompted spoken language. There's no time like now to make the necessary changes you need to see the success that you want for the late talker in your life. So let's get started. Welcome language facilitators to another episode of live language facilitation Q&A. My name is Marcy Melzer and I'm an intuitive speech language pathologist and language facilitation coach and consultant. And I do these videos every week as part of my Waves of Communication platform because I figured out after 30 years of doing it the hard way, helping, equipping and empowering parents and caregivers to facilitate spoken language is easier for me to reach more people and more kids are seeing progress because thousands of people all over the world are joining me to do language facilitation. And today I'm going to be talking about a really common topic. Um, um, yeah, one that a lot of parents, you know, get to this point. If you've been doing language facilitation, you and following the videos, you realize that the first thing you have to do is connect with the late talker and then help them move into um, trying to talk because there is a shift that has to happen with all late talkers. They have to learn that there's something better than the nonverbal communication that they're using now. And they won't shift over and use the new spoken language until their current method breaks down. They either see that it's insufficient usually, and that's it because they're trying to communicate really complex ideas with their body and gestures and things like that. And they don't have writing skills. And so they can't tell you the details of their life and they realize by listening that they can evolve speech to share these more detailed messages. And that's what happens. They have to decide for themselves. All lay talkers have to decide for themselves to start talking, just like you decided for yourself to be the facilitator and be the one to make this happen. I think that's what you really need to realize is we're talking about spoken language here. And unless you want a programmed robot that puts out speech when you ask it to put out speech, you know, there's ways to facilitate that. That's the traditional speech therapy route. You prompt it, you teach it over and over and over and over again, you're going to get something, but it's not what you're looking for. Not if you're you're here wanting to be a language facilitator, itchy nose. So what we're going to be talking about today is what does it take? Like, what can you do to motivate this, to trigger this, to get these lay talkers who do like listening to you? You've got that part done. They understand what these words means. They're, you know that because they're following directions better. They're listening to you. They're not running away when you suggest things anymore, not all the time. But again, they, you know where there's that tipping point where I get them or I can't. That's the thing that you have figured out and that you constantly have to figure out. 
And so what I have today is I have three different questions. I'm just going to preview them really quick so that you can see how this same issue, getting the late talker to shift from whatever they're doing now, because even after they start trying words, they may not be using them. And even after they start using words with you, they may not use them with other people. And that's the three stages that I have. So the first one is this um, from you know, we're going to talk about, I'm not sure where Facebook or YouTube, all these things came from. Um, do you have any tips for, this is for Haley, um, getting those first few words out. So this is a late talker who's not talking yet at all. We know he understands, but he doesn't care, or he's just not in the mood. He's just not triggered. It's not, he's unmotivated yet to talk. And then here's another one. This is one who's three and a half, 3.9, so almost four years old, learning new words, like when they play together, maybe pop out words, maybe spontaneous imitation. And he mostly says them when I teach, right? Because there probably is some prompting going on here, but he doesn't say some on other days, or he'll only say it one time when they're having fun, but you won't hear it again. So there's another one. That's a next level, right? Because this late talker is using words already. So they hit some point, they figured out words work, right? So there's need-based stuff going on there. And then there's the next level. And this is one with family members who think they're not doing enough to help the late talker because at home they're saying lots of things, but they're not performing. They're not performing. So, you know, and they're saying harsh things like, you know, how come you're not taking your kid to the professionals because the late talker is not performing with family. So that's what we're going to talk about today, all three of those levels. And what I have done and what I am working on for everybody here is my next product. So it's going to be the language facilitation journey that I'm going to, it's a workbook where you're going to be able to work through identifying which level first your child is at. Because remember, in just this one question, we've got three different scenarios with families about the same thing. So you're going to have to figure out where is your child. If you're watching this and you're not one of these moms, then you're, you fit in one of those categories. In fact, there are seven different categories that I have that I'm developed in my workbook all the way from not even interested in trying to listen or say words at all, all the way up to facilitating more conversation and social language because there are different levels of all of this. And as I develop this workbook, it's coming out sort of in a Thing for you know in one volume that you're going to be able to use and it's going to be coming out soon I promise before the holidays I'm working very hard on it and it was very coincidental that these particular questions came up as I'm literally writing this week these strategies that I'm going to put in this workbook so what you're going to be able to do is see the level pick a strategy and then make your plan to incorporate that strategy because these strategies on paper or watching videos, they don't make anything happen. You are the one that makes something happen. And that's why this is a guide to coach you to make up activities. You're going to use these strategies to create your own activities to move to the next level. And all of you watching me know how to do that already. You've been watching YouTube videos. You know how to do this, but it's these levels and these strategies strategies that you don't have access to at the tip of your fingers. And that's where my book is going to come from. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to use pages from the book to these two pages, because there are four areas in total that you need to facilitate to get speech evolved. 
independent speech, not prompted speech, right? The first is your mindset, right? You have to decide that you are the one to be able to do this job, that you're not going to be like a therapist, that you're going to facilitate these this improvement for the child, that definitely you need to facilitate. And you always need to maintain where is your mindset? Am I still trusting this process by focusing on my own actions instead of what I expect to come out because what happens is we all get triggered by outside things. My family says he's not doing enough. The the Google thing I looked at means he's not doing enough. My internal thoughts think I'm not doing enough. And then when you think you're not doing enough, you start doing unconscious things. So your mindset is the first thing you always have to keep track of. And again, if you're watching these videos, you don't need to work hard on that. You need to maintain it, understanding that is your effort. So now you're here learning videos, watching videos, learning strategies, that's great. So the second level, of course, that you need to facilitate before any spoken language is going to come is you have to teach the language. So they have to understand and process words work, words mean things, words are useful to me. Yes, when they say words, I understand them better. Now I listen better because they're talking more. All of that stuff starting to come to play. That's the second level. We're not going to talk about that today. It's the last two that are really important as far as getting this spoken language going. And the first one is this connection, right? Facilitating connection in the language facilitation zone. You're never going to get any spoken language output until and unless you maintain this connection because you are the source. Your child is watching you to learn how language works. They're going to use what you say and what the other people say if it they think it'll help them, just like they use their behavior, right? Right? If they if they use tantrums and they get a result, they'll keep using tantrums. And you figured out that spoken language is a better option than these tantrums. So you're not even using behavior anymore. You're all at the words level. You're all your kids do understand that language works. So making sure that you're connected is the really important thing. And what I want to really talk about is this mid-level one, because the level four and five of connection is where you have the most chance to slide backwards because all these scales move up and down. Language facilitate, that's what's called waves of communication because your progress, their attention, all of that's going to go up and down depending on outside influences. You could have been a great, I'm so motivated to do this with my kids. I want to do it every single day. You want it, you could have been like that and then had a family outing and you were doing a really great, feeling great about your kid and then your family starts picking on you because you're not doing it the way they think, right? That this is exactly we're going to talk about that today because when that happens that's why i brought this up this connection business because when that happens you have a choice you can be triggered to yep you're right we got it you're right second guess all the work that you've been doing to get your kid to that point and listen to that low energy that criticizes you or you can say no thank you I appreciate your effort, but I have this. I have I have invested in, even if you're just watching videos, in language facilitation. I've invested in language facilitation, and I am at the YouTube University learning language facilitation. I have purchased the independent study course. I have bought this book. I have purchased these cards. I have done these things. I have invested in this. And, you know, whether your family thinks you're a professional or not, a lot of people 
couldn't even have access to professionals during COVID. And you just let them know, look, during COVID, there were no professionals and a lot of parents made improvement. I was one of them. I was one of them. I learned how to do this myself. I learned how to get there. And so maintaining that, that's going to be very important. And if you're triggered by someone else, then your connection's going to go off. So what you need to do is you always need to put yourself in the position of the language facilitator. If you're going to get more, you want more from the lay talker than you get right now. The first thing you need to do is provide more than you are right now. More more language models, more connection, more fun, more interest, more excitement. If you want more out, you got to give more in. That's all this is it. This is the connection level, right? The more you give, the more you're going to get, but it's balanced. Because remember, the other thing is you can talky, talky, talk. Think about if you go to a movie, you can a five hour documentary on, you know, something that you're not really interested in. There's more of that information, but it's not good right? The connected, it has to be connected in the language facilitation zone where you are both motivated. You are both connected. You are both interested. So more work of I'm going to talk more isn't what we're talking about here. It's more providing what the lay talker needs. Because again, they're not going to use more unless they get what they need. If they get garbage, they're going to give you garbage or they're going to give you nothing. They're just going to ignore it. Because again, it's what they think is good. It's not what you're or the family or anybody else. You're trying to facilitate this human being to change their spoken language from whatever works for them right now. Video games, words from songs, movies, things they see all the time that they like, that they're learning from. They are. You see it because that's what they show you. They show you what they get, that they take, that they love. So it's your job to connect in the language facilitation zone and find out what that is. Those are the earlier levels of this connection. So when you talk about specifically about their things that they're thinking about, it's not just the things that they're holding in their hand, this connection. If you wanna empower your late talker to tell you how they feel, then you have to give them information to tell them how you feel. Show them how it looks to be a talker, how it sounds to be a talker, how it looks to use your hand, how it looks to point to things and provide visual aids. Go this way. Come with me. All the things that your lay talker can use to help them while they're learning the language to help you understand better because that's what they want. They want you to understand what they want. Connect in the language facilitation zone. Understand what this kid wants to say. What do they wanna say? Not what you wanna hear. It's about what they want to say. It's all about that. If you want them to say more, Unless you're programming, say hi to Aunt Judy, you're, it's not going to, it's going to come out hi Aunt Judy just when you prompt it, but that's not what you're looking for. You want what's in their mind. You want what's in their heart. You want what empowers them to be them, not the, another kid in the class or somebody like who can meet the Google sh thing that you are comparing them to the checklists or whatever, the criterias to be a level of something, something. These criteria that I'm talking about in this workbook, this is how you get there, right? How do you get a kid motivated to stop their main way of communicating to you that works for them? 
they're it's good they're fine remember you're the one that's worried about this lack of development they're getting everything they need they know how to get everything they need they know how to get you to guess how to get you to read their mind how to get you to remember their stuff and if you don't guess read their mind do all that stuff you've learned how to do it so at this stage right if you're at this level You've got that. My kid knows that I can tune in with them. My kid knows that I understand what they are. And that's how you're going to get to this point. All right, let's start talking about these because that that connection in the zone is something that everybody needs to get. But there are specific strategies when you get to these stages because each one of these stages in the other category, this category to facilitate effort to improve speech, what do you do? You model, whoops, you model speech that the late talker needs, right? You have to inspire curiosity about speech. Hey, speech is good. I want to use more speech. Speech is helpful for me. Speech is better than my stuff. Then how do we get them to try hard? Because they think it's hard. I like it, but it's too hard. I like it because I, but, but, but there's a reason they're stuck at that level. And you need some strategies to help motivate them to try harder to move up because they're going to get to a level and they're going to get stuck. And then they're going to get to a level and they're going to get stuck. All right, so let's start with the first level. Here we go. First level, getting those first few words out. They know he understands most of what they're saying. And that's true. He doesn't understand all of what you're saying because if he understood everything, he would be at a higher level. So that is something important to realize. At this level, the connection is still inconsistent. The lay talker is still in their own head thinking about what do I have to do to get this person to guess what I want. They're not completely listening and focused with you if they're not trying to say words. So that's the first thing. You have to keep doing what you're doing as far as making sure that kiddo is understanding the language. This is common for very young lay talkers who you're just really digging in to do your language facilitation and they like what you're saying but they just don't have enough vocabulary yet. They haven't learned enough of the language to be able to try to use it for their own. They understand. It's like if you travel to Spain after you've had a semester of two or high school English or Spanish, right? Then you go there and you're like, man, I get these people are speaking a language that sounds familiar to me. And I know a few words, but there is very little else that I'm getting out of this. And you are in your own head problem solving how to express yourself non-verbally to these people. So you're still not thinking about being a talker yet at this stage. So you have to use the subconscious things. This is the tricky, tricky part about this, okay? You have to use the subconscious things that help that late talker's mindset shift to Speech is interesting. Speech is helpful. I like speech. That's all that this, at these beginning stages. Because once they learn that it's helpful and good, then they'll do it more. It's very much like tasting ice cream for the first time. Babies have to taste it, then they're freaked out by the cold, and then suddenly they're like, hey, ice cream's good. It's cold, and I have to deal with that cold, but I can, pro okay, my brain's learning. I can deal with cold. Cold is actually kind of fun. Oh, it was new, and 
I didn't like it, but now I think a little bit more about it and I like it. And that's at this stage. It's uh, do I or don't I? Is speech good or is speech not good? And if you get this situation, like she's saying, where he does still doesn't care, look at the lot, bottom line, still doesn't care or doesn't know how to try to use his words. So the first thing is tons of models of easy things and what i wrote right here is big emotions right so this is the subconscious thing that makes you make noises what makes you make noises big emotions you scream ah you you know you, you get delighted ah you laugh right you can this is what happens with babies that you know do that stuff and then oh sorry about that noise it's in the other room um hopefully it will go away but um Sorry about that. You get a little background music from my ringtone. <laughs> um, anyway, what I, uh, and I'm so distracted by that. Hang on just a second. Let me just close this. Uh, that's the trouble with live video, right, everybody? You just have to deal with what's going on. Thanks. <laughs> anyway, so this is really important. So now we're talking about getting these things. So both emotions and movement are the things that are going to trigger the subconscious noises to come out, emotional noises. Because what is a baby using? Emotional noises. And then they tweak those noises. They cry a little bit differently. They scream a little bit louder when you come in the room, right? Those things that encourage them to change and evolve. This is what you want to trigger in their neurological system. And you do that through super fun, movement. So you want to get them on the swing. You want to get them jumping. You want to get them moving because the more fun movement that they're having, even walking, even riding, they don't have to be physically doing something, but it can be as little as pointing and moving a puzzle or using a fine digit. This is neurologically what the specialists have proven that is necessary to get that brain motivated to make the shift. Something happens when you move in a fun way and you have emotions either scary emotions that's why a lot of kids will yell will talk if people yell at them or stop talking if people yell at them because those emotions will trigger the the neurotransmitters that will excite the the neurons as they move through the brain and push through the parts that aren't developed yet and that's how neuroplasticity works so at the stage where they're not talking yet, they need more from you of, again, what do they need? They need to see how it works. They need to have small experiences like tasting the ice cream. They need to, when the word pops out and you're saying, wee on the swing and you're saying, peekaboo, and you're, you know, those fun little things that trigger, hey, talking's fun. And then you extend them. And this is when kids like to sing songs and do those repetitive things. It has to be very repetitive at this stage because their attention span is fleeting, hardly anything. And they have to see you doing things over and over and over. So you're really at this stage going to want to use your daily activities, the toothbrushing, the morning routine, the mealtime, not any extra. There's no outside teaching where you sit and do anything. It's all about getting you reaching and teaching because that, uh, that understanding has to happen. And you're somewhere in between these levels. Remember, there's seven levels here. And what I'm giving you is these strategies to help you push through these levels. Let's see. 
super useful phrases, right? This is what you want to model. Your phrases like, come, mama, come, come with me. I need help. Open this, open this, right? You want to say these little phrases that actually work for all the little things that the lay talker is non-verbally doing because when they start to listen better, they evolve their non-verbal communication. Because like I said, remember, if you're in Spain, you don't understand Spanish, you cognitively still understand what's going on. There's just a language barrier. So you're just going to find a way to work around the language barrier to communicate your ideas with the people. And that's what lay talkers are doing at these early stages. They're not good at talking. They don't know the language well enough to use it on their own. So they're looking at you and they're like, hey, that's a good idea. And then you'll see them trying it and pop out yet. So if you're not seeing anything, that's where you are. But we are moving right now into this next level with this, this mom's talking about this 3.9 year old. Okay. And this one, the three-year-old, 3.9-year-old son is learning new words, but is not using it often. Okay. So again, at the stage where, hey, words are helpful. When I say water, water arrives. When I say mom, she looks at me and listens to me and watches me and then gives me more stuff. So that's what's going on. If this mom is hearing words, she's already providing words that the child needs. And again, it always starts typically with parents with needs-based stuff because that's the language, the nonverbal communications that are the easiest to decipher. If a kid's bringing you the cookies, they obviously want the cookies. If they're pointing out at the door, you know they want the door. You've used your guessing to figure out what the language is behind. And you might be stuck. See, the parents at this age, at this stage, the lay talker gets stuck and the parents get stuck too because this is a lot more successful. This stage where a kid can say words, but they are really good at the nonverbal. If you are responding to this elevated nonverbal and talking to other people, he wants to go outside now, right? He wants the whatever now. He wants, you're maybe thinking it in your head or you're saying it to other people. That's what's gonna keep the kiddo keep performing because they are waiting for you to interpret and you're not taking the next step to provide that thing. That's where those little phrases come in. So if your kiddo goes like this to hold the box that they can't open, you see them struggling and you just take it and open it. You want me to open this and then you open it, right? So you're interpreting and just doing. You're not facilitating the next step to use the spoken language to request it. And at this stage, every single thing, this is the strategy to help you move forward. Every single thing you're late talker, non-verbally, verbally, even look sideways at you and you know it means they have to go to the bathroom because at this stage you are still having to guess you're at that translation level where we've got communication barriers and i don't know what to do so this is what you're doing right what you're doing is you are translating every little thing into a story a three sentence story what i write here <clears throat> is that you're ooh, i can't remember which one it's on it's one of these. Anyway, this is the strategy where every single thing they tell you, you're going to say three stories. And what I do is I have some um, examples. That's why I wanted to see if I had it here. Yeah. So, all right. So you need help, right? So instead of just saying, okay, I'll open this for you. 
because they're clearly saying, open this, open this with their behavior. First thing you say is, you have a problem, right? Because don't even talk about opening or this. Talk about what they think. I got to go find mom. I got to go find mom or my caregiver because I can't do this. They've been by themselves thinking in their head. This is, I got a problem. I got a problem. So the first thing you say is, whoa, here you are. Look at you needing something. You have a problem. You have a problem because anybody who judges your kid, when you sh they show up and say, I have a problem, they're going to say, all right, well, let's figure out your problem because that's most people want to help the late talker. They need them to show up and give something. If you are constantly just interpreting and doing and interpreting and doing and interpreting and doing without facilitating the extra step, this is why you get stuck. So what you do is you say, ah, you have a problem. You can't open this box. And... You, the thing is stuck inside. You want the thing inside and you can't open the box. Okay. I guess what? I know. I know how to open this box. I am strong. I have the key. I have the whatever. I can solve this problem for you and I'll help you. I'll do it right now. Let me go and get the key. Let me do my, let me use my muscles. Let me dig my fingernail. Let me do what I got to do to get you the thing because all of that is necessary for the lay talker. That's what they need to say. They don't need to say cookie. They know how to say cookie. They want it. It's stuck inside the box. What they need to say is I'm stuck. I want to eat this cookie and it's stuck inside the box. And I need you to open the box with your fingernail because I don't have those fingernails. And I need you to do this. All of that stuff is what the late talker is thinking. And if you're providing models, cookie, open, right? Hoping that they'll say that, your words that's when you're going to be stuck. That's when you're going to stay stuck here because they're prompt dependent. You're like, when you say the ones, then I'll do it. So they're like, all right, well, tell me the ones to say. They wait. They're stuck waiting for you to model things. So again, what you're going to do is give more than you ask. Re I, I know they can say words now. You have to not prompt them out. You have to not prompt them out. You have to give more. Every single thing they bring to you, every single message they communicate with you, you tell a story about it. Why did they, why are they saying this? And how are you, why are they talking to you about it? What, what even is, how is it even important to the two of you, this topic that this late talker brought up? There's all of that language that your late talker needs. And that is what's going to motivate them to try to talk to other people. But you will keep them stuck if you keep them in this prompting business, okay? So let's see. Uh, I've got someone who says, ah, that's what I've been doing wrong. So great, somebody's figuring out how to make changes. Because you think once your kiddo can start talking, right? That they just will when you ask. Like they, because they can throw stuff in the trash, they will when you ask, but that's not what you want. You don't want a programmed language. You want 
their words. You want the words that they want. All right, let's move into the next question because this is really good. And before I do that, before I do that, I gotta share some information with you. The first thing is if you are in India, today, one day only is the Amazon Kindle India daily deal. <clears throat> if you live in India, the ebook is only 149 rupees today only. This is it if you get a chance. So it's not ever nowhere else. It was offered by Amazon and that's what I did. I'm not putting the book on sale. If you haven't read the book, you can access it on Amazon. It is a good sort of process to talk through. But those of you who are watching videos, you're going to like the new workbook that I have coming out really well. And also, you're really going to like these language facilitation cards that I have. I have a few more left, probably about 10 more that I'm going. I found a couple extras that I was going to give away for freebies and I decided to offer them to you guys so that when I have enough for everybody who wants them on the first run, so order them on the website, wavesofcommunication.com. I might pull one at the end of this video if we stick around, if we've got time to let everybody know because there were a couple more questions coming in. So let's talk about, I want to get to this next question because it's a multi-step thing and it is a parent who's been following me for a while. But um, yeah, so it's this situation. So having issues with the family because the family members think that they're not doing enough because you're not prompting, because you're allowing this to go on. And remember, it takes a little while. You have to be patient because remember, it all depends on your child's spoken language understanding and processing level. If they are very young and have had very little exposure to people talking, they need to be around a lot of people. It's not just videos they can learn from. It has to be actual humans right? And talking about new things, talking about their things, right? Because the kids need to learn their stuff, not just projecting things that they hope the kids will like and pick up and say. There has to be a reason to, de to develop language and it's about that communication. But unfortunately, when you drop off your super smart late talker somewhere, you take them other places and, you know, they're old enough to be questioning, here's what's going on. This um, child is four and a half years old. So it's already late for other people to be wanting to be testing. Because again, even though you are not prompting and testing, that's why people think, who's going to help my kid talk? I promise you, every single other person than you, if you've got a late talker over four years old, is going to start asking your kid questions. They're going to start giving them directions. They're going to start prompting them to do stuff because they assume that they don't know how and they are not intelligent. They make assumptions about late talkers that you know different because you've taken the time to connect in the language facilitation zone and they don't. And you know how, it e how easy it is to observe these behaviors and judge them harshly um, because they're not what you have an idea of normal. I mean, like I said, there's lots of ideas of what normal is. You can Google it. What is normal this? What is the criteria of that? What should kids be doing? What are the levels? Blah, blah, blah. And again, if you're really excited about those levels and getting your kid to that, that next thing, then, you know, that's a team effort. That's your decision. Your child didn't sign up. I want to be a level eight, nine, ten, X, Y, Z. You're the one that decides that for them. And if other people decide that for you, then that's up to you to let them decide that. But here's the thing, right? This four and a half year old 
he doesn't have any behavioral learning challenges besides late talking. He's great at numbers and logic, but the family won't get past the fact that he won't get used typical language. And get this, this is how great this kid's doing at home. With our, with the videos, just these videos on the waves of communication platform, He's come so far. He went from three word sentences. So he was probably doing a lot of, you know, labeling and it's blue thing and, you know, that kind of business to 10 word sentences just this summer because they connected in the zone and they showed their super brilliant late talker how to dig into his preferences. And he showed them, okay, if you want me to learn more, I need more from you. He prompted them to do more talking and they're talking, you know, they're mutually raised these levels like I'm talking about. However, it's it doesn't look the same as robotic speech, right? It doesn't. It doesn't look like when I ask, how are you? You say fine. When you show up at temple, you say namaste. It doesn't look like that to everybody all the time. Your lay talker may communicate their wants and needs with all kinds of combinations, depending on what level they are, of spoken language and behaviors. And if this is a new situation where you're feeling, so you feel the energy of your family. They say, these harsh things you like never want to go visit them you don't want to see them anymore right so here's the 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 last part of this question they've told us that they're we're doing harm because he's not in a program this is a four and a half right almost five year old child still younger than kindergarten age in fact in the u.s school is not required for children you don't even have to enroll them anywhere to be you know identified until they are six years old so at four and a half it's not there is no requirement around the world i've got people watching me all over the world where there are no programs and think about during covid there were no programs they were all shut down every single one of these programs from zero up to 21 every single one was shut down for a year to a year and a half and even those that are coming back are not what they used to be okay they're not some of them are better some of them are worse some of them shut down completely right it's not the same as it used to be and i think that's a good thing i think that's a good thing because what parents realized these parents included is that how powerful you are because when you're in a position where you don't have a choice, there is no program to go. You don't have to worry about, is my kid gonna make it? Are they gonna compare? Are they gonna follow the rules? Are they gonna do whatever? You don't have to worry about any of that. You can help them learn the way they want, the way you like them learning. And maybe they do like to sit and do things, or maybe they wanna run around. It's up to you to figure that out and you have the freedom to do that. Now. The people who are judging your four and a half year old about what you should do, you know, should we should would love some advice on how to talk to them. And so what I suggest is that you say appreciate because these people who are in your family, they don't they don't dislike you. They love you. They want to help you. They don't know language facilitation. They don't understand how powerful it is. And you remember there was a time in your life that you didn't know what it was either. You were like, I struggle struggling, looking on YouTube, however you found me, you were previously in a mindset where you're like, I don't know how to do this and I got to figure it out. And then you got into the mindset where you were like, man, I can't even pay somebody to do this. I have to figure out how to do this. 
And then you started to figure out what resources do I need to help me figure out to do this? You know that you did that in your head. You know that it is you that is responsible for the current level of your child. Now, if they dive down because you were prompting them, you're responsible for that. You're the one responsible for getting them to start talking. You're the one responsible for making them shut down potentially or helping them deal with when other people help them shut down. You are their coach. You are their facilitator. So what you're gonna do really okay with these later talkers that are older because you do want to empower them to be able to answer these other people's questions because again you're going to take them out in the world and everybody's going to ask them questions anyway you are and you want to do better than whatever these programs are going to do you can because again you're going to empower this late talker with language that they need not just to be successful in the house so this level of where they are now if he can say 10 word sentences about the stuff he's building and engineering and inventing in their household with his numbers and logic and all that stuff that he's doing if he's doing all that then it's still at a level where he's not confident enough or it's not the same information that he needs to answer the questions outside. So now you do have to teach to the test. Again, if you expect the late talker to go to a school, if you expect them to go to a family thing and answer the auntie's questions, if you want that to happen, it's not impossible, right? You just don't program it like a robot. You facilitate it what it is. So at this stage, you have to let this late talker know, hey, when we go to this place, there are expectations. These aunties, they're going to ask you questions. They're going to drill you. They're going to make you do that stuff. So what you got to do is you got to prepare your late talker for that. How do you prepare for your SAT or your MCAT or whatever tests that you ever took in your life? You prepared. You studied, you learned the information you needed and the way that they, how do I take this test? Do I fill in bubbles? Do I write along, right? You have to learn. How do I show these people that I am successful? And you have to do two things. Number one, you empower them to be successful doing what they love, like this mom did. You talk about their things and whatever you were gonna teach them before, let that go out the window because when it comes time, when they're six and seven and eight and nine and they've got to go to a school and follow a curriculum, then you'll be more prepared for to help them. Hey, sometimes you got to sit and do these things. And how do, does preschool work? It gets kids ready to take in information that they didn't, they didn't sign up for. They just showed up to class and they're relying, trusting this teacher, these staff, this therapist to bring them information they need, right? stuff they need because that's why you go to school is to learn the things that you can't learn at home right that's the only reason you sign up that's the only reason you watch youtube it's the only reason you would invest in coaching if after youtube videos the and the only reason you invest in the workbook after watching youtube videos it's not enough for you i need a, a bigger structure i need to be able to write it down i need to be able to look at it on paper that's why you buy the book Everybody learns different and you figure it out with your late talker. So what you want to do is equip them 
and empower them to share whatever wisdom is going to make them look like a superstar wherever they are. So if it is expected of them to show up at the temple and say namaste and say hello to the aunties, then you want to pretend play that situation, just like you did trick-or-treating. You got your kid ready. We're going to get our bucket. We're going to go and you're going to knock on the door and somebody's going to be there. It's going to be, you don't know who it's going to be, right? It's going to be an old person, a young person. They might be dressed up like scary. You don't know what's, it's trick or treat. You knock on the door. It's a bunch of strange people's houses. You, in order to prep a lay talker for that, you had to do some training at home. This is what you're doing with these lay talkers who do use words with you freely, but they won't with other people because they don't know what's expected. The, and those other people are prompting and testing and doing those things. And if your lay talkers are never used to questions, then those experiences are going to be, you know, a little more interesting for them. So let's see what some of you all are saying. So LOL, yep, I picked up on it a little, but not nearly enough. So I'll just narrate our whole life. Well, the thing that I want to really cause you about this is it's not necessarily about narrating your whole life. It really is about saying the words the late talker needs because they're not caring about everything in your life. Think about what they care about where their problem is because you don't want to talk about the potential solutions like oh yeah you could do this and you could do this like if you start offering solutions to someone before you say ah empathy you really have a problem you can't get this you're really stuck they really need a lot they really need a lot of that so let's see what laura says this all sounds so familiar is it what we went through with everyone around us now when they see how far my little girl has come and progressed with her speech they have nothing more to say and that's it that's how you show everybody you don't have to stay away from their lives you don't you have to be strong enough when you do go there to remind them I don't need a program. I have made an investment. I have done this. I have figured it out, right? So, hey, you got your cards today. Amazing. That somebody got their cards. That's great. There are some left. You guys order them. So let's see. They all doubted the way I was trying to help her. So again, this is not uncommon. People doubt this because it doesn't look familiar, right? They think late talking equals sit down, flash cards, make the kids say stuff over and over and over again. They just don't know the difference. And you can invite them to learn about, like Laura's figured this out. You can invite these people to watch a video, pick one, this one, for example, you know, and share it with them to see what it takes for kids to talk. So they can understand what is involved in the process of a late talker and why you've decided to use language facilitation instead of pressure, right? Why you don't feel good doing that because you're like, that's great for you. Think I should sign my kid up for that. But I, that experience is not fun for me. Language facilitation, I can have fun every single day. I can have fun every single day. And this one isn't going to help me. So being 100% present is where it's at. This is the most important thing. That's why the language facilitation zone exists. It is the feeling of the present moment at where you are, where you are. Amen. I agree. That's amazing. So let's see. I love this. Now, there was one question somebody had. Here it is. 
My son gets bored with activities after a few days of doing them and then stops listening and looking at me. How do I find new ones to keep him motivated? This is a great question. Again, it's it, it goes back to this connection situation because again, level of understanding spoken language, that increases with experience, right? The more you get, the more you learn, the more you understand, aha, you have these aha moments, you relate this language, it all starts to evolve for you. When that starts to happen, that's when you can't even keep track of language development. There's new stuff coming out all the time because the late talker is firmly in the mindset of, I want to try this because that's what you're doing here is you're changing their mindset with these strategies from talking's too hard. I don't know the language. It's not worth it. They respond better to my behaviors. I mean, there's all these reasons that a late talker can use to justify not wanting to shift from behavior into speech. And it's the same kinds of things that you can use that make you not want to shift from prompting to whatever. What if he doesn't talk faster? I need him to catch up with the other kids. The school is going to judge him, right? You can do all those justifications too. But that's why this point of staying present is the most important because when you realize what's going on and when you're present in the moment with your lay talker and you don't know what to do, then you say, I don't know what to do. What do you want to do? Show me what you want to do and follow them and see what they're doing and, and encourage them to, to join you in fun things only after you've earned their trust by showing them the words they need. So again, I just, I even have people in my program that are stuck at this mid-level where I know this is working. I know my kid is listening. I know they're whatever, but I wish they would be able to answer questions better. I wish they would be better at the school. I wish they would be better out in the world. And it starts at home. The better you get, just like this last mom, these moms that I wish my kid would talk at all, they're like 10 word sentences and you're complaining about that because they get stuck at that comfort zone level and they're not moving to the point where they need to be communicating with other people and passing these tests and uh, the kindergarten interview is with the other one that's going on families in australia where they're like prepping their little kids to be able to go to the interview for the school because they have to say their name and their age and their address or who their mom and dad are and they're like oh you know what that shows the preschool is that the parents are working with the kid at home. That's why they have these interviews. You can equip your late talker to go to these interviews and blow them away. The families in my program are doing it. And they're not doing it by teaching memorization. They're doing it by teaching these kids about their identity. You are Joey. You are five. And you are, hmm, you struggle with talking sometimes. So you like to use pointing to communicate, right? You want to empower the lay talker to understand where their own level is. You're not really so good at talking yet, but the more we practice, because that's what you're thinking, right? He's not really as good at talking as I'd like him to be. And he knows that your kids know that you want them to do better and they're waiting for you to facilitate it. What are you going to do to help me? Uh, because they will show up. 
They will try hard as long as you motivate them to use the spoken language. Because again, it only happens if the spoken language is better, if it's easier, if it makes their life better, they'll do it. Otherwise, you'll be chasing. <laughs> You'll be chasing them. So let's see. Yep. Once again, being a hundred percent is that's where it's at completely. So that's why in the the new workbook, you're gonna have to every day. I'm gonna. It's gonna be like a journal situation where you're gonna have to be able to, um, yeah, figure out how to keep track of all these levels, right? Where is my mindset? Where's my kid's mindset? Am I talking enough? Am I talking too much? Am I talking slowly enough? Am I talking, am I giving the right vocabulary? Because all that stuff has to happen. And that's why when you become a language facilitator, it works for you and it happens naturally. And here's Laura as a great example. Laura has been following me for a couple of years now. Her little girl hasn't seen a speech therapist since the beginning of the pandemic. That's when we started. Um, Marcy strategies work these days. People asked me which speech therapist I sent her to. I love this. And I was so proud to say I teach her at home. Thanks to Marcy Melzer and Waves of Communication. And it is really thanks to you, really. Laura is a wonderful example of a parent who was judged by the system, judged by whatever, and her grace, her luck, was that it happened right at the beginning of the pandemic, and she didn't want to see what was going on, and then the, the school wasn't pressuring anybody to show up. She'd have people come visit her at home, you know, from the NHS or whatever, and they'd say, oh, you're doing great. Look at what you're doing. I guess we don't, you don't need us anymore, and that's the whole point, because parents and caregivers are the best language facilitators. They are. So let me share my video with you remember every week so you share with everybody whoops sorry uh, the uh, parents are the best language facilitators subscribe please subscribe to my channel most of the people watching are not subscribed so please hit the subscribe button like this video share it with your friends or even just let them know that the channel exists right because the idea here is it's easy for you to show up it's easy for you to watch videos. It's easy for you to connect with your late talker and think a little differently about how you're providing speech models to them. Are you telling them? Because it's all up to you. They aren't using these words because they don't know them. They don't know how they work. They don't know how to put these sentences together. They know bits and pieces that they've gotten from the environment. Whatever they've seen a lot of, they'll learn whatever they're attracted to they'll learn remember if things are happening around you that aren't interesting to you you won't pay attention and that's why the connection is important so in the present moment using everyday activities to get done what you need to get done and that's why you'll see progress with language facilitation okay woo! this was a big topic and this video is getting long so i'm gonna go ahead and cut it here just again reminding you to um yeah, it's all in you. It's all in you. You've got this. You can do this. You are the ones that can facilitate spoken language. I'm incredibly excited to see that. The cards are going out. You know, I've only got about 25 that I'm running in this first run. And so I'm not a lot. I'm not selling tons of these because I know people are hesitating. I'm not sure why. And there's still like 10 or 11 more that I can send out. I've sent them to Australia. I've sent them to the UK. I've sent them to Sweden and across the US. 
everywhere around the world, parents need this. Now, my international shipping may need to change because it was a very expensive package, but I'm very excited that you guys are going to get these cards. And really quick before I go, I'm just going to pull one out for the energy of today. What about this situation? If you, for whoever you are, about your mindset or your situation, let's see what the universe has for us. Ah, it's a good one. I see what you're saying. A lot of these kids, they'll use these hand gestures and they, because they're kind of trying to create the vision in, in their head. And remember that present moment thinking, this is how you're going to really help out. Let's see what it says on the back. It says create visual imagery. This is another way to facilitate spoken language as well. Because remember, you're bringing the ideas that they're thinking about out into the world through your language models. Late talkers create images with their bodies to help them recall things that they have seen and in turn trigger the emotional memories of their favorite experiences. You can laugh out loud just thinking about something. And that's what we're trying to trigger here, right? That that speech expression. Describe the visual image that you see together using verbs and adjectives that will help you recall feelings. That big truck is so loud. It looks very powerful and strong. And when you change your voice to add emotion, add energy behind it, that's what's like, hey, that's effective, right? You're, you become more effective. And it's attractive to these late talkers who aren't really good at words. And they're like, which of these million words that are coming at me are the ones for me? Which are the ones are, that I need? And that's why in the present moment, you can know what they are. Ah, you're struggling. You want to do this. You just want to watch it pour. You don't care about the scooping. You just want to watch it fall. You can let me scoop, but you don't want to scoop, you know, because you're like all worried about now it's your turn to scoop and, you know, like all that stuff. So anyway, I yeah, Laura's so excited. Her cards are coming in the next couple days. Yay. So glad. So glad everybody. I'm yeah, I, I'm going to get out of here for now because you have work to do. Um, really quick. Also, sorry. One more thing behind me, full moon, big full moon eclipse. That's another really good reason that these strategies are going to work really hard for you because the energy right now of this full moon, Taurus, how you do, how you get things done, how you get your needs met, right? And Scorpio, emotional, my emotional needs. How do I communicate my emotional needs tangibly into the world, my ideas tangibly into the world so other people can get them, so other people can see, so I can join the world and share my wisdom with everyone. This full moon eclipse that's happening in about 13 hours is going to be a game changer for energy. If you tune in, if you accept it, you're like, hey, I can do this. I'm going to turn this into my progress. This is your opportunity to use this energy. I'm doing it to create a new workbook for you guys. And it's going to be amazing. I can't wait to tell you more about it. But right now I got to get out of here because I've got a community meeting with my clients. See you all for now. Have a great week. Thanks everybody for tuning in today. I hope this content has inspired you to create your own positive language facilitation action plan for this week. There are tons of resources across our Waves of Communication platform, free videos on our YouTube channel, a daily blog on Facebook with opportunities for live Q&A, my book, If It Isn't Fun, It Isn't Fun, available on Amazon, and my coaching programs, including a free 90-minute introductory class. 
Learn about everything we do for language facilitators on our website, wavesofcommunication.com.